0: Their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona. It's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now, here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Yes, indeed. Good morning. It is still morning in Arizona. It's 11 o'clock in the morning to be exact, and it's 10 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast because we have had the time change. In Arizona it doesn't change, and on the East Coast, I think people are supposedly just getting back from their lunch break. So uh, we welcome you all, regardless of where you are and uh, and what time it is, what time of day it is, wherever you are. This is the Boomer the Babe Show, and I'm Pete Peters. Uh, the Babe, Deborah, will not be with us today. She's actually with us less and less lately because she's uh, getting so involved in the publishing aspect of, of what we're doing that... Uh, uh, the the time it takes to do the radio shows are uh valuable time spent in the uh, in the publishing business. So, uh we're glad that she's doing that. It makes my life a lot easier. Uh we also suggest that people go to com, see everything else that we do besides this radio show. There's some pricing on there if anybody's interested in uh doing some sponsorship or, or, or sponsorship or radio promotion with us. Uh, also, if you're interested in having an ad uh, an ad rather in our Uh, Boomer Experience Speaks Online Magazine, Uh, the information for that is there as well. In addition to that, uh, we ask you to sign up for our email list right there on the website, and that will get you the Boomer Experience Speaks Online Magazine at no charge on a regular basis every four to six weeks uh, as as we compile the articles that many of them come from people that have been on the radio program. That having been said, I want to welcome our guest today. Her name is Jill Rowe. She's a mobility consultant with AMS Vans, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, people that uh, have need for transportation and uh, how they can get it and what that looks like. Jill, welcome to the Boomer and the Vape show.
1: Thank you so much, Pete. It's great to talk with you today.
0: It's nice to have you with us. Uh, what we always do with uh, our guests when they come on is we blindside them right from the get-go, and we <laughs> now she's going, oh my gosh. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask you to give me a two-minute movie of your history and where you've been and what you've done uh, prior to uh, being on the show with me today. So, if there's anything you'd like to tell us about yourself that is not uh, necessary to be kept uh, in the secret witness protection program go right ahead and let us know who you are.
1: I'll be happy to. Not a lot to tell, really. I was uh, born and raised here in Georgia, so I've spent all my life around here, and my entire career history has been focused on customer service in various companies, so really uh, everything that I put my effort towards is a customer service or just serving the public. I've done a lot of volunteer work, and I'm just active in, in the church environment as well. So uh, beyond that, I'm happily married, two cats, three dogs, and that rounds out the family.
0: There you go. Uh, being involved in customer service, you might be interested in knowing, and you can look it up on our archives, uh, just within the last oh, 10 days or so, we had a guest on by the name of Shep Haiken, And Shep Haiken mm-hmm. is a nationally known speaker. Uh, he's a member of the National Speakers Association. matter of fact, I think he's the upcoming, incoming president of the National Speakers Association, and his whole thing is customer service, and it it was a phenomenal hour that we spent with Shep talking about customer service, and he's a a great storyteller, and uh, uh, he starts out... He starts out on his website with the story about uh, how he always looked for one particular ca- cab driver. I believe it was in Dallas. And, excuse me, Dallas. Whenever he went there, because of the great customer service the cab driver gave him, and it's it's wow. quite an interesting story. So if you have a chance, and anybody else is listening and interested in customer service, that's the guy to talk to. But that's let's awesome. get back to why we're here talking to you, Jill, uh, a mobility consultant. How did you become a mobility consultant?
1: I tell you, I have a very close friend that I've known for 20 years, a good girlfriend of mine, and we used to go to dinner together, and as we would be there visiting with one another, her phone would ring and she would answer it, and she would talk with these people and be writing notes on a pad, and then she would finish up and we would go on about our our meal. And it always made me think and even say, I want to do that. I want to do what you're doing. Every time I watch you do it, my heart swells and and that's just what I want to do. So um, at some point she said, you really should just come work here. I think you would excel. I know that you would love it. It's it's just really special. No other places like it. And so even though I'm not normally a technically minded person, certainly I'm not an automobile specialist of any kind, she said, I promise you, you'll, you'll love this. You'll be great at it. And so I came here about six years ago and she was absolutely right. It's not about knowing all the parts and pieces under the hood of the car. It's about knowing what the customer needs and matching them up with the right product to take care of that. So um, I did, in fact, get the job and now have my own phone that I take to dinner and answer those calls and and love it.
0: So what are the calls that you're answering? What kind of call typically would you get uh, that you would answer and take notes on at dinner?
1: Well, we answer the phone 365 days a year, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., because we're trying to make sure, since we sell nationwide, that we're available for everybody on their schedule. And so that means, you know, working here in the office during normal business hours and then taking the phone with us uh, after hours to make sure we're there when when people need us. And we are a high-volume situation here. We get you know, a hundred calls a day. I'm talking to people all across the country, even out of the country, lots of emails. And they absolutely run the gamut. They are people who have a need and have no idea where to even start, um, don't even know how to form the right questions to get the project underway. And so my job is to just listen and then get in there and help them make this easier, make it so that they understand what's going on, know their options and 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 so on, just guide them through it. So those are the type calls we get um 365 days a year.
0: So we're talking about people now that obviously have a need for a uh a wheelchair accessible or a, a van for some uh to help them accommodate some type of a disability. And yeah. and, and these and these folks Uh, obviously can be anywhere so let's say that you get an order for somebody that needs a a van uh, or an inquiry for somebody that needs a van in arizona uh, Mm -hmm. and you go through all the process and we're going to go through that here uh, in our discussion but you go through the process and where is that van put together
1: We build them right here at our Atlanta manufacturing facility, and that's kind of what sets us apart from everybody else. Instead of me getting vehicles from all over and putting together a little variety group here and then selling them, I'm bringing in unmodified vans, building them here at the factory, and then selling direct from the factory for a lower price. So they're all here in Atlanta. I can stand up from my desk, walk 20 steps, and see the vans actually being built right here in this facility. So we're cutting out the retailer in the middle using the power of the Internet. So many customers need and want to shop from the comfort of their sofa, and this allows them to do that easily.
0: So when somebody uh, is having a van being uh, assembled, I guess mm-hmm. that's I guess that's the word to use. Yeah. Uh do you do you say you get a van do you get a van then that is that is a s a stripped van? In other words, it doesn't have the the back seats in it and and so on, and then you build it from the the, the shell uh, out or in in this no. case. No, we're that work? starting
1: we're starting with a normal, unmodified vehicle. So that would either be one that I have purchased from the Chrysler buyback program, for instance, or it would be one that the customer already owns. So, so it looks just like any normal van that came right off of the Chrysler lot and then I get it in here and start ripping it up and then putting it back together perfectly to be able to accommodate the wheelchair situation. So um, if a customer doesn't happen to already have a van, we've got plenty of the vans on our website to choose from. If they want something special that we don't have on our list, we can go source it for them, a particular color or some features. But we are looking for just a regular, normal van, and then we do our magic to it.
0: So you get the van, and you said you you get it from the Chrysler buyback?
1: Yes. What is is
0: that?
1: Well, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but um, what, what we have is when we Oh, I'm so sorry. What we have is Chrysler will sell these vans to, for instance, corporations, maybe to IBM, maybe to Coca-Cola. They'll sell several thousand and their their executives will drive those for a year. And then Chrysler will buy them back and uh, the corporation will buy more. Sometimes an individual will buy a vehicle from Chrysler, and then like two years later, maybe three years later, you'll get a phone call at your house saying, hey, this is Chrysler. We would like to buy that that vehicle back and sell you something else. So it's their buyback program. Certainly the rental companies are also part of that process. And what we do is we then let Chrysler go out and search the market and get these vans back into their possession, and then we go and look through the ones they have and pick only the highest quality. Our buyer knows what we're looking for, and we're looking for tip-top quality because our stuff has to be better than everybody else's.
0: Now, do you, get the, do you go to Chrysler after you've got the request, or you go to the Chrysler and stockpile the vans for when you get the request?
1: Well, generally, because of the high volume of selling that we do here, we're going to have about 150 vans here at any given time. So wow. we are constantly, constantly buying and building, buying and building. And about every six weeks, our inventory will turn over. It's just a very, you know, fast paced, high volume environment. But, again, if a customer needs something that I don't have, my buyer is already out there. He's already looking for the things we would normally buy. So it's not hard at all for us to say, okay, Mrs. Smith in Phoenix wants a red Chrysler Touring 2011. As soon as you get one, buy it. Mrs. Smith is going to wait, and she wants us to build that. So it doesn't cost anything extra for them to put in a special request they may wait just a little bit longer because we have to find it but um it's not difficult for us to do that for them
0: so your your uh, your your customer base is uh, very diverse i would imagine i mean it could be uh, it could be parents that have children or even adult children at home and they have to be able to transport them uh, it can be certainly uh, boomer age people, uh, baby boomer age people, so on. Uh, how many of your customer base uh, is of boomer age, baby boomer age?
1: I would say that's probably going to be about half.
0: Really? And,
1: yep. And even in that group, it's still such a wide range of uh, reason for, for needing the product. You know, these could be really active boomers that have perhaps a degenerative condition that's just shown up at this particular age. It could be um, someone who's had some sort of an accident and so the need was sudden. You know, on a Monday they're driving their Porsche to work, on a Tuesday they're calling me for a van. Um, Just, you know, it could be a scenario like that. Or it could certainly be a scenario where they are – Needing something like this, and their adult children are participating in trying to find the perfect thing for them to to safely drive as as they age, and so you know even in the in the boomer arena, I'm still serving lots and lots of different levels of need.
0: Do you do vans that have uh, hand controls for people that are wheelchair bound?
1: We absolutely do. Um, Driving the van is a a very different scenario. Most of the people who are, are buying from us are passengers. So I can sell them something that still fits their personal need, but it's a little more standard. Once I'm speaking with someone who's going to be the driver, it becomes a lot more critical that every single detail be customized to their needs. If they are going to drive their chair into the van and then do a standing or sliding transfer into the driver's seat, that's excellent. If they need to stay in their chair to drive, that's a whole other direction we need to investigate if they're going to use hand controls, they must have already been certified to drive with that equipment with a uh, driving evaluator because there's a lot of liability attached to this sort of equipment. There are people who want to drive who want to use certain equipment when that's not necessarily a perfect match for them for their, um, you know, physical Situation, and so a local driving evaluator certifies them, writes up a paper, and then we can install whatever is on that paper.
0: Is it, and I, I this is just question just popped into my head. Uh, <laughs> is it the case where if a person has uh, passed uh, a driving test uh, with the need for this special equipment? because they they have to have the hand controls and they've passed their their driving test at their local DMV as an example uh do they automatically then qualify or do they have to have another evaluation on top of it
1: They generally have to have another evaluation what we have found is that only about half of the states in the country make it a legal requirement through the driver's license office that someone be certified. Some states haven't even thought through this yet, excuse me, much less put it into law. And so if a person who uses special driving equipment goes to their local driver's license location and that facility isn't set up to properly evaluate that kind of equipment, they very well may get their license approved, but have had nobody really look at how skilled they are at using that equipment or how safe they are. So we say, regardless of what happens at your license place, you still need a driving evaluator to um, to write you up. Now some states may actually have a driving evaluator proper that can do that right there through their license office. Most of the time it's going to be more like a rehab facility, a hospital, places like that are going to uh, more typically be the personnel you'll be working with. Uh,
0: I, I remember many years ago uh, there was a gentleman that we knew when we lived in, uh, in Southern California. Um, that had a, dis, a disabled van, and it was it was a it was a big van. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. was one of the, like the oh those big van conversions with the mm-hmm. where they where they raised the top and, and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he drove it until he got to the point that his wife had to drive, and he could no longer drive because he had a degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, included in the van, which I found very very interesting, was oxygen uh, mm. that went throughout, throughout the van so that regardless of where he was sitting, he had an oxygen uh, tube available to him, and he could wow. sit in any position in the van. And uh, obviously well, they have an oxygen source uh, that he would plug into wherever that was, but he could sit anywhere in that van and be able to uh, have his oxygen. And I found, I just found that amazing, absolutely found it amazing and And that I saw that van, and the things that that van would do for him were just beyond belief. uh I'm assuming that it's probably the same way with what you folks do there's not much well, you can, there's not much that you can't do with that van, is there?
1: That's true. There's not much. Uh, I have never seen one with the oxygen setup that you've just described. That's pretty high-end, uh, pretty amazing, and I'm sure pretty costly. That's that's kind of a specialized product. And, yes. and sometimes we do run into that. You know, you asked about the hand controls. Most people are gonna require a basic set of $1,000 hand controls, just really, really basic. But there are people out there who, for instance, might be paralyzed from you know, the middle of their neck down who can still drive with certain equipment, as surprising as you might find that but the equipment is very high-end. It could be a $50,000 set of of hand controls, low-effort steering. And so there's some equipment out there that's a lot more medically involved than what we would typically do here, And, and that does tend to be the more rare case.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there 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 comes a there comes a point at which I'm sure it uh, it, it goes beyond uh, beyond your pay grade, so to speak. Uh, Absolutely. When, when some of these with with some of these needs, yeah. uh, how how do the vans overall? How do they work? I mean, uh, I've seen on the, some of the notes that you sent that you have a, you have lifts or ramps. Uh, I think I understand the difference, but why don't you? Uh, Tell the folks what is the difference of a lift and a ramp as an example.
1: I will be happy to, and that's an excellent question, Pete, because so many people interchange those term- that terminology, and it is not the same thing, and they just don't know the difference. A ramp is going to be what I specialize in here. So that's where I've taken a vehicle I have lowered the floor because a person seated in a wheelchair needs more headroom than an unmodified vehicle is going to allow. So if a person puts a chair in a van and puts the person in that chair, their neck is going to be bent over completely because there's just not enough headroom. So I'm dropping the floor, I'm putting in a ramp, and the wheelchair will roll right up the slope of the ramp, just up the hill, and into the lowered floor thing, situation that we've built there, and then their chair will be safely secured to the floor, and they'll be good to go. So that's a ramp, and that's the more popular option in this day and age. A lift is an entirely different product, which you will most often find on a full-size van. And back when mobility vehicles first came onto the scene, you would mostly find a full-size van like your friend had, where it's a huge, huge monster of a van with a, a lift that is a, a metal platform that lays flat on the ground. The chair will roll right onto that flat platform and then it will raise them slowly like an elevator until it reaches the same level as the floor of the van and then they can move right in. Now, there are some people that call me after I've spoken with them. I determine that they really do need something more like a lift. For instance, if I'm talking with a husband and wife and the husband's in a manual chair and he's a big fella and the wife is is little and maybe she's got some arthritis in her hands, maybe she's had some back surgery this year, perhaps helping push him up the slope of a ramp is going to be challenging for her. So someone like that would be a, a better fit for a lift And we do have trade-in items here where I can start searching for something that would would fit their needs. More often than not, though, most people prefer the the petite size of the minivan. You know, it's just easier to drive and park, less expensive to to gas and operate, and it looks great. So most people prefer a minivan if they can get away with it, and so that's going to involve the ramps where the chair goes up. So if it's a power chair, the motor on the power chair will zip up that ramp like nobody's business, no-brainer. no, no brainer. If it's a manual chair, then I just have to be sure that the caregiver, between the caregiver and the uh, occupant of the chair, that they're easily able to get the chair up that slope.
0: Where does, I mean, I, I've seen where a, a lift uh stows <clears throat> excuse me it kind of folds itself up and, right. and and folds up against the the back or the side or wherever it is of the vehicle mm-hmm. uh but where does the ramp stow in uh, in transport
1: There are different uh types you can get a folding ramp that lays flat against the door snug against a little rubber bumper so there's no rattling and and such or you can get an in floor version where it slides into the floor We only build the folding ramp because we find that that technology is much more reliable. So we build something that's very simple in nature, easy to use, reliable to use. If it ever needs a tweak, it's very, very easy technology-wise for anybody to work on it. An in-floor product is a lot, lot, lot more technically difficult all the way around and can actually be more problematic overall just because of the way it's built. So, we all day long are going to recommend and prefer the folding ramp, so once you're inside, you're going to have that ramp folded up you're going to have the door closed. The ramp does not impede the view out the window at all, and once you get used to it, you almost forget it's there. It just kind of seems like it's part of the door, and um, it's not obtrusive or unattractive at
0: all so the uh so the the ramp it folds. By itself, automatically. I mean, it, it's a it's a power ramp that folds uh, under power. That's not something that somebody has to do anything with, correct?
1: It depends. We sell a power side entry ramp. That's generally going to be the most popular option for personal users. We also sell a couple of varieties of a rear entry conversion, and those come standard with a manual ramp. So you grab a handle start to lift it up and it's spring-loaded. So the spring pretty much does all the work, requires very little exertion, very little effort. Um, That's a perfect fit for many commercial users or churches, schools, things like that. And it's also a good fit sometimes for certain family scenarios. If I have, a husband and a wife with two little children in baby seats. Maybe the husband and wife want to be in the front two seats, the two children in the middle, and perhaps uh, one of the the parents, one of the grandparents, lives in their household, and they would perhaps want the rear entry to put grandmother or grandfather in the the rear area secured in the chair with the two babies in the middle, their parents up front. So a rear entry can be a good fit for a a family layout like that and that's going to be a manual ramp. Now a customer has the option of paying a little more to have us modify that into a power ramp, Um, but some people just love the simplicity of grab the handle and go. You know, two seconds it's up, two seconds it's down. Um, So that's an option on the rear entry.
0: Somebody's in a wheelchair and uh, they may not be the driver, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, they want. They're obviously therefore uh, wanted. They're going to be the passenger. Uh, do, can they have their position in the van be in the passenger seat in the front of the van, uh, or does it have to be in the back?
1: No, absolutely. My side entry is set up just for that scenario. So it has a removable front passenger seat. It's on wheels. And it's their option whether they want to secure the wheelchair in that spot or in the middle. And giving them that versatility will allow them to, uh, most of the time, if it's their preference to be in the front passenger area, they can secure their chair there. And then let's say they're going on a weekend jaunt, they've got some friends with them, they need extra seats. They can easily roll that passenger seat back in place, put a visitor there for this particular trip, secure the chair in the middle of the van, and on they go. So it's their choice, either or. And and as a matter of fact, you can do both. Um, sometimes I sell to people who have two pieces of equipment. Maybe they have a power chair and a scooter. The power chair can go in the front passenger spot holding its occupant. The scooter can come in behind it and, and be secured there in the middle, or even two different people in a wheelchair going at the same time. So the side entry's got uh, lots of versatility.
0: So you're saying now when you say roll the chair, slide the chair back or roll the, the chair back, not your, the... Uh, you're talking about the, the actual seat itself that's in the van, that comes in the van. You can slide, you fix that so that it can slide all the way back to the, the middle row, basically? Is that correct? No,
1: not not back, completely out. So it's in little um, brackets on the floor, and we've got wheels mounted underneath it. So when you pop it out of those brackets, the wheels pop up, almost like landing gear on an airplane, and then suddenly this becomes a rolling chair. So you just roll it right down the ramp, store it in your garage, store it in your basement, vacate the area completely, and now the wheelchair can come on in and, and sit in that area.
0: Gotcha. And then the wheelchair can be, uh, uh, can be secured via clips or clamps or however you do exactly, that. Exactly, yes. Okay. All right. Very cool. Very cool. So um, and how many is, – is it possible, and, and maybe this, this happens, I don't know, if you sell a van to uh, some kind of an organization that transports uh, people that are in chairs, uh, how many chairs can you get in a van? The most
1: we can get in our minis, our little minivans, is going to be two. So okay. they could even get the side entry where they have one in the front passenger area and one in the middle or for many commercial users like taxi companies or non-emergency medical transporters, they're gonna often go for a rear entry long cut channel van where uh, one chair comes up the ramp into the middle channel and all the way into the middle and it's gonna secure there and then a second chair can come in behind it, up the ramp and into the third row spot so you have two permanent front seats and then two wheelchairs in the middle single file. One in the middle and then one behind it in the
0: third row. So you can have a driver and a attendant and two people in chairs.
1: Yes, and depending on the width of the chair in the middle, it is also possible that you can have another guest to their left. So it's it's a little interesting the way we build this particular product We have two really beautiful, very comfortable leatherette seats in the middle. And so they slide toward each other, toward the middle, if you want to put uh, two visitors there. Or they slide away from each other toward the doors to open up that middle area and allow a chair to come into the middle. Depending on the width of that chair, if there's still enough room, the seat to its left can also hold an occupant if if the chair in the middle doesn't exceed 26 inches wide. So it could potentially hold more and and again there's a little bit of versatility there where you could move things around to accommodate more visitors.
0: And as long and the occupants can sit there to the left as long as they're not more than 26 inches wide themselves, correct?
1: Um I haven't really <laughs> measured how wide the visitor is going to be. I'm assuming they'll adjust accordingly. <laughs> You know, yeah, don't work a, it out. I'm all about the person in the chair. That's, that's yeah. who I'm here to support.
0: Yeah, you, you, you visitor, you go deal, you go fence yourself in there. You, you squeeze that's right. it in. You're
1: lucky to be here. Yeah,
0: you squeeze it in. If you need Vaseline, bring it with you.
1: That's, uh, right. <laughs> that's why it's leatherette. It, that's yeah, exactly why. That's and exactly it, why.
0: And it cleans up easy, and everything's just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, th- when you have seniors. Uh, With disability and uh, who have spent a lot of money on expenses, purchasing a van seems maybe that it's just out of the price range. Is is that often the case or not often the case?
1: It is often the case. It is often the case, and... You know, what I have found having done this for a long time is none of this is one size fits all. So when I get a caller who says, "I have a tight budget," I say that means completely different things from one caller to the next. So tell me what your budget is, tell me what your situation is, and then my job is to find something, if possible, that will serve your needs and comfortably fit your budget. I do not want to sell you something that you can't afford. I do not want to sell you something that's going to make you lay awake at night worrying. So, what What we try to do is have enough of a variety of products here, um, starting with the later model vehicles that we've put new conversions in and going all the way down to older items that we've taken in on trade and reconditioned and are able to sell at a lower price. And so I say, look, I've got a lot of things here, so tell me what you're comfortable with and then I'll be your personal shopper and find the thing that, again, will serve your physical needs and also feel comfortable on your budget.
0: So somebody calls and says, I am on a very, very limited budget, but I really do need the van. Um, You have vans that you have gotten back from people on a trade, or you've bought back yourself, for instance, Mm -hmm. if somebody had a need for the van and uh, uh, they passed based on their illness Mm -hmm. or whatever the case might be, and then the family doesn't need that van anymore uh so then uh, they would contact you and say are you interested in purchasing this back from us or how does that work
1: Absolutely that's absolutely how it works and again in this industry that's not an uncommon topic for me to to discuss with buyers Um, Because things change in all sorts of ways. And so we tell them, obviously, at some point, if you no longer need this vehicle, you, you won't have any idea what to do with it. So we have several options to help them at that point. We should be their very first phone call at that point. And we can either put a free classified ad on our website to help them sell it themselves. That's going to get the highest return on their investment, And my inventory manager here will advise them based on the age and mileage what the price should be. And then we put their name and number, pictures, and then folks all across the country have an opportunity to buy that van from them. And we've had just a really high success rate with that over the years. The second option is where they have us. Come get the van, bring it here, sell it for them as if it was our own inventory, and then we'll keep a percentage, a 10% percentage to be their sales agent. So that's going to be for the folks who say, oh, I don't want to take those calls at home. I'm not going to be able to answer them. I'm not a car specialist. And we say, no worries. We'll take care of this for you. We'll come get the van and we'll get it finished up. Those two options are for people who have a little bit of time and really do want to get the most uh, back on, uh, return on their investment. The last option is where we simply buy it back directly. And that's for someone who's in a bit more of a hurry, I really just want to get this done, I I want it finished and I don't want to think about it anymore. And so we'll offer to buy it back and that's going to be more of a wholesale number. So there's going to be a gap in return on investment between option A and option C, and we set it up so that it hopefully will offer an option for everybody one way or the other. And we have people who take us up on all three of those options and we just want to make it easy on them on the front end. We want it to be easy on them the whole time they use it. And we want it to be easy on them on the back end.
0: Sounds great. Uh, I want to uh, take a little break here. We'll come back. There's a few other questions I want to ask you before we uh, wrap everything up. But I've got a couple of spots that I uh, want to get in. So we'll do that now. We'll be back in about two and a half minutes. Perfect. Boomer the Babe are the publishers of Boomer Series books. Our authors have their own shows on the Boomer the Babe Network. We encourage you to listen. Ron Naraki, author of the forthcoming book, The Ten Commandments of Investing, is the host of Wealth DNA, a financial show about real estate investment. Learn how to build and manage your portfolio. Ron hosts the show, and he always has good information to pass along, as do his guests. Listen to Wealthy N.A. on the second and fourth Monday of the month at 8 a.m. Arizona time. Tom Liggering’s another Boomer Series author. His book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, is the basis of the show he does with his broadcast partner, Dr. Terry Munther. Listen to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Learn how you can maximize your performance in business and in life. The methods you employ can either help or hinder. The choice is yours. Before you book your next round of golf in Arizona, go see what golfers just like you are saying about the courses you want to play at golfmix.com. While you're there, write a review of the last course you played and get $10 off your next purchase at Vans Golf Shops and enter into our Greenskeeper of the Year contest for a chance to win a foursome at the home of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale. So check out GolfMix, Arizona's leading golf course review site and mobile app. What are you waiting for? Yeah, at golfmix.com. The Boomer and the Babe are proud to be affiliated with Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. Valley View is now serving Phoenix from their new 36,000 square foot location at West Peoria and 107th Avenue in Sun City, Arizona. The new location houses the food bank. Feeding Arizona and the Valley View Thrift Store Feeding Arizona delivers food to other food banks and food pantries that are in need If you're looking for a 501c3 to support, go to valleyviewcommunityfoodbank.com All donations are welcome be it food, money, or volunteer hours No donation is too small Get a hold of Jesse Ramirez founder and director and say, I want to help Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. And we're back. This is the Boomer the Babe Show. Uh, This is Friday, November 9th, 2012. We're talking to Jill Rowe, who is a mobility consultant with AMS Vans uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we're just uh, in the process of discussing how they build them, where they build them, why they build them. And now I'm going to ask, how do you transport them after you've been built? Do you drive them out to the location because you're a national company, or do people come and get them and drive them home, uh, or you put them on an airplane and ship them there?
1: almost all of the above we, we don't put them on an airplane the van that is we we actually offer three options if a customer is able to come here and pick up we love that it's like party time roll out the red carpet have just such a good time and obviously that's when I get to hug their neck and and just really show them the love that we've shared over the phone. So if they're able to get a cheap ticket into Atlanta and pick up the van here and then drive it home, that'll save them some money and it's fun for us. Most of my customers cannot do that. And so for those customers, we have a couple of other options. One is where we drive, I put my own personnel who works here with me, put them behind the wheel, they drive to the customer's home, an hour or two showing them everything making sure they understand all of the equipment making sure everything's perfect and then that customer will give my delivery person a lift to their local airport where they will then fly back to Atlanta the most popular option though for the national delivery is to have it delivered on a flatbed it doesn't cost that much more for the customer to have it hauled to them but that is a great way to not add more mileage so we just load it right up on a flatbed and what we generally do is load two vans at a time just because again we're doing such high volume, it's easy for us to pick a route and deliver one and then travel on up you know, a few hundred more miles and deliver the next one. So most people just have us bring it to them on a flatbed, same process, show them everything, make sure they love it, make sure it's perfect. And then off we drive into the sunset and the customer calls me crying because they are so happy with their van.
0: Wow. So I know. Getting them to cry is part of the Part of the protocol, right?
1: It is. It's my favorite part. And when they're here, we cry together. But, oh, crying is a big thing because no matter what I say over the phone and no matter what they see on the Internet, when they get it in person, it's always better than what they could have dreamed, especially if they've never had a product like this before and it's really the first time that they get to touch it and play with it. And they're just so overwhelmed by the gift of it. And then once they start using it quickly, uh, I start getting reports back on "We're going!" The kids love it. Everybody loves it. The dog loves it. It's so fabulous. And then there's some crying. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> um, so when uh, when people are looking to purchase the van, I, I understand you have different price points and based on where you received it, how you received it, its age, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But can, I mean, I'm assuming it's a very wide range, but can you indicate at all what the price range, the wide range is for these vans?
1: I can tell you that what we have most of is going to be the late model. So we've got 2012 with, you know, around 20,000 miles, something like that. And those are running around thirty-six dollars to $37,000. And so that's going to be split out with a $16,980 conversion, best price in the market, excellent, excellent, safe product. And then on top of that will be the cost of the van, and we're putting lean, mean van prices on there. We are, again setting ourselves up to be able to make this offer too good for them to turn down. Some people will say, hey, maybe I can go find my own van and have you convert it. And I tell them, you're welcome to do that, but you're not going to find anything priced like this in this kind of a quality, this kind of a standard. You're not going to find that out there with your local used car salesman. So we price it competitively, so it just takes all of that off the table. And so that's going to be the 2012 models, and a lot of people go for that. It gives them a lot of remaining factory warranty on the van and um, so on. And then coming on down, you know, the 2011s and 2010s with mileage in the, you know, say 40,000 miles, you're looking at 31,000, 32,000. So the price starts coming down. When we can find excellent quality older vehicles, we snatch those up very quickly. So if I can find an 05, an 06, an 07, an 08 that meets my standards, I don't really care how high the miles are, I can build that product, it's gonna be incredibly beautiful, incredibly solid, and the price is gonna be much, much lower because it's, it's an older vehicle with higher miles. So um that's where I'm able to say you still get something that has the look of something brand new but it brings that price down to you know below 30 and then the trade-ins that we get can go even older you know we can get things all the way back to a 96 97 98 and if we believe that we can make that a safe vehicle for the customer a good investment of their hard-earned dollars We're going to recondition that, fully inspect it, white glove service, 100% satisfaction guarantee. We're making sure that's going to pass any inspection and deliver it to them. And that's going to be an even lower price point. So, you know, we can find things for $20,000, $15,000 that are going to be more in that arena.
0: Uh, So it it sounds to me like you can accommodate anybody. And those prices that you've uh, indicated, those are all inclusive of all the conversions and everything.
1: Yes, and they're all marked clearly on our website, and so there's really no guessing. We don't set it up so that we try to trick them into trying to figure out, what am I paying? We put everything very clearly marked, and, you know, it's not a, a hard sell. I say, hey, get out there and browse. You know, you tell me what you like the prices are clearly marked, so you decide what feels comfortable to you, and then let's start talking about it. So uh, there's a lot for them to browse through, and we do hope to be able to serve people of, of all ranges of budgets.
0: Let's talk about uh, AMS Vans uh, in and of itself. Uh, how long has AMS Vans been in business, and uh, how did they get started in this, uh, in this endeavor?
1: It is an interesting story actually. Um, our, Our core business has actually been around since 1979 and that was a business that had a lot of things going on with the disability community and it was probably about 16 years ago that we got into the van part of things and AMS vans sprung into life. And when we started out for the first couple of years, we did mostly retail of other people's products. It just seemed natural, and and that was a good service for us to offer. But the owners got together and said, this is crazy. We can do this better. We can build a better product. We can sell it a different way, a better way to serve these people better than just the typical retail uh scenario. And so they decided to go into manufacturing, and that's exactly what they did. So it's been about 15 years or so that they've been building the vans themselves And really what I think is so special about that is that it allows the factory that builds it to have a personal, intimate relationship with the customer that buys it. So I'm not building something so important to people's lives and then letting some other group of people sell it and removing myself from – the beauty and the blessing of seeing that customer reap benefit from what I've built or even getting feedback from that customer of things that they might would like to see different. Um, So I think that the whole relationship is different when I'm building and then taking calls all day long from people who are buying, need to buy, have bought the product that I've built here.
0: About how many vans do you build and deliver in in a calendar year?
1: I don't know how many in a calendar year, but we're moving about sixty vans a month out of here. Really? Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a, a big numbers girl. They laugh at me around here because I don't really want to talk about numbers. I don't like them. But um, but we're moving a lot of metal out of here. It's it's a lot of vans.
0: Mm-hmm. Sixty vans a month, man. There are mm-hmm. car dealers that would like to move that many cars a month. There are. And here's
1: what's funny. When when I tell people that, customers, they're always so surprised. I think that a lot of times they feel like they are the only person in their situation. They feel so different. They feel so um, unusual, so maybe so uh, left out or closed off, and I'm telling them, oh, no, 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 no. There is a zillion people out there in your exact situation and they're all calling me and I'm hoping to help all of them. So there's a, a very big market out there of people who need what we build.
0: That's amazing. I mean I mm-hmm. wouldn't have I would not have thought of that for, in a million I know. years that you were doing sixty a month. My goodness. That is a I know bunch of wheels that you're putting
1: it on. is a bunch it of wheels. really really is <laughs> you're putting a
0: bunch. you're putting a bunch of wheels under a bunch of wheels that's really i know <laughs> you really are that's pretty doggone amazing I so know. now you've been doing they've been doing this since 7980. was it you said well,
1: the the core company has been around since 79 oh, okay, and okay, the okay. van uh-huh. the van side of the business popped up about 15 years ago and that's okay. when we said we're going to kind of let some of that other stuff go away. We're going to focus on this this van project and try to be the very best at what we do. And we convert Dodge Chryslers and Hondas and VW Routans here. And sometimes people ask me, why don't you do every minivan that's ever been created out there? And I said, because we're choosing the ones people ask for the most, and we want to be great at these. We don't want to be mediocre at all of them. We want to be great at these. And so um, it's a niche, and it's serving a, a lot of requests.
0: Well, that you anticipated my question, because my question <laughs> was going to be, do you only deal in Chrysler vans? And obviously, you don't. Uh, now, the, the minivan, There, I have seen some comment that the minivan is going by the way of the dinosaur. Uh, do you see that as... The case happening, I mean hopefully no
1: not too. no, 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 I totally do not. I tell you, Pete, this is funny. back when a couple of years ago, the car industry kind of got a little shook up, and mm. uh, all that political money stuff was going on, people would call here for you know a period of maybe six months, and they would say. I'm very alarmed. What's going to happen if the Dodge Chrysler minivan goes away? How will that impact, you know, me as an owner of something like that? And I said, let me tell you something. I want you to get out on the road this weekend in your community, get out on the interstate or go to your local parking lot of your local uh, mall or what have you, and you start counting Dodge Chrysler minivans. And you're going to see that on a tally sheet, those are going to far outnumber any of the other brands. It just is what it is. People love them. People buy them. So even at that time when we had no idea what may or may not become of the Dodge Chrysler brand... Um, We knew that the blueprint for this product would, you know, worst case scenario, be sold to another maker who would build it. Because when you have this many people willing to buy it, they're not just gonna drop that off. So I don't believe the minivan will ever uh, go by the wayside. And, you know, I think they continue to change it, but just some of the fanciness that they've been putting on the late model vehicles, I can tell that they're forward thinking and, um, yeah, I, I don't anticipate that at all. And I'm selling some of these to even, like, college kids who are drivers and using a wheelchair. And um, so, you know, they can accommodate a, a wide range of different owners and, and users, not just the uh, soccer mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they can, and they can always, always uh, keep the price down and continue to the manufacture them. They just have mm. like, Outsource them to the China along with the Jeeps. Um,
1: I don't think we'll ever give it away again. I think that it's uh, I think it's easy money because people love the Dodge Chrysler name. I mean the loyalty to that brand. Well, um, sometimes when people call me, they want to tell me nostalgic stories of all the Dodge Chryslers they've owned, and there's just a real loyalty attached to it. I, I think it'll always be here some way somehow.
0: Well, here's here's what I know. Uh I I'm a I'm a Ford guy from way back. I mean my dad uh when he was working in um, prior to his, his passing, uh, worked for a Ford Motor Company, so I'm a big Ooh. Ford. I'm a big Ford guy. But I do know this. When I was on the road uh going out and uh doing various events ac- across the country and I had a need to load uh a vehicle with uh a portable screen printer and any other type of uh, business equipment that we were or uh, promotional products equipment that we were selling and, and demoing, uh, I would go and I would rent a Chrysler minivan, mm-hmm. uh, whether it would be a Dodge Caravan or if it would be the, the fancy Chrysler van, whatever the case might be with the disappearing seats and the whole deal. I mean, mm-hmm. they were great to drive, and they loaded with a lot of stuff. So I can I can see why. Uh, that may be one of the vans of choice, is one of the vans of choice for, for what you're doing because they are very, very, uh, uh, very easily ac- accessible based on what I need, what my need was, but I can see how they would uh, work for what you're trying to do also because they have such a capacity.
1: Mhm, And I'll tell you, when I first came to work here, I had only driven – small vehicles. And so in my mind I thought, oh, you know, these are going to be just huge and hard to maneuver and manipulate. And I was really shocked to find that they feel like a small car when you drive it. The the view out the driver's seat is not doesn't feel like a big school bus. It actually feels small. So it, it was easy for me, not, not challenging, but actually easy for me to drive these. And then as the later models came out in uh, 2008, they changed the body style. And they just drive like a silk cloud. I'm telling you, I have driven um, silk clouds before, and these qualify. They drive so smooth, so easy, and just handle beautifully. So if someone has never driven a minivan before, I think it would surprise them the ease of use.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, I I enjoy driving them. I I could look forward to a six-hour road trip without Mm -hmm. any difficulty whatsoever and and know that when I would get there that uh, I would not feel as though I'd been driving a big old beat-up truck. Uh Uh-huh. There's no doubt about it. Well, Jill, we're getting down to the short rows, as I promised you we always do in these shows. Uh, That old country slogan, isn't it, that uh, we're down to the short rows now? Uh, (laughs) that, that, That farming thing. Uh, So, with that being said, why don't I just ask you to give us your shameless self-promotion and uh, uh, all the contact information that you care to have anybody know about uh, your company, and uh, uh, this is your chance.
1: Awesome. I'll be happy to. We have a website that we're really, really proud of. It is www.amsvans.com. Dot com, amsvans.com, and we have a huge team of web developers that spend a lot of time trying to make this a beautiful, easy to use, informative, well beyond just topics of vans, well beyond that. We want to really reach out to the community and offer them a service through our website, So. It's uh, it's something we're very, very proud of. We're actually going to be updating this site this evening. We just got a notification that about 8 p.m. tonight, Eastern Standard Time, they're gonna take it offline and load it up to even add more. Ease of use, more improvements. So, if anybody's on there tonight and you have a hiccup, please forgive us. We're under construction just for the evening. We should be back up perfectly tomorrow. So, uh, give us give us just this evening to get that updated for you. But the uh, toll-free 800 number here is 1-800-775-8267 that's for people who that's for people who may not have a computer available and so they can just give us a call we're happy to talk them through it you know occasionally i do get people who do not have a computer and i'm happy to explain it to them and then even mail things to them so um there's that and really let me just say that i think what's most important about us what sets us apart is the heart of this company We sell beautiful vans, we sell affordable vans, but it's the relationship with this group. From the time you call up and I start helping you understand what might be the best fit for you until you meet the delivery guy who comes to your home. If you ever need any kind of after purchase uh, assistance of any kind, you're just gonna love the whole staff here because we love our customers. We consider them family, we relate to them as such, and we're here to take care of them. So I think that's something that cannot necessarily be said about all vendors out there that might be in this same industry that might be more interested in someone's wallet than in, you know, the way they feel and the way their life goes. And so um, I think that's an extra layer. And that's just something that has come back to me so many times over these years from customers that say, I've got enough on my plate. I've got a lot of stress. I've got a lot of... Um, financial burden, and you made this fun, you made it easy, you made me feel good, and that's why I come to work every day. So I think that's what makes AMS part of your family.
0: Very good. Very good. One of the better self-promotions we've had recently. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, With that, having been said, Jill, I want to thank you for being uh, a guest today. It's uh, been a very interesting topic. We don't have uh, topics like this very often, uh, quite frankly, but uh, we do have topics with regard to health and uh, health requirements and, and health needs. So, uh, this is it. so that in that respect fits right in, and we thank you for taking the time to be with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pete. Uh, we're here to help, so anybody just give us a call, and we'll be happy to answer any questions about anything at all uh, if we're able to do so. I just appreciate you letting me um, come on and talk with you today.
0: Well, it was my pleasure. I'm going to be giving you a call here right after the show. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention to you offline, so okay. we'll, have a chan- we'll have a chance to do that. But for now, I'll say goodbye and uh, have a great weekend.
1: Y'all have a great weekend, too. Thanks, Pete.
0: Take care.
1: You, too. Bye-bye.
0: Okay that is uh, Ms Jill Rowe and Jill Rowe is with AMS Vans. Uh they are the people that make uh wheelchair accessible vans. She's a mobility cons- consultant with them. Uh absolutely phenomenal uh Phenomenal business they've got going there. I did. I didn't realize that there are that many people looking for that product. So uh, it's nice to know that somebody is uh, as concerned as they seem to be with regard to uh, uh, serving their serving their customers. So I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, we'll be back again on uh, the first of the week, Monday. Uh, so we hope you can join us then. Uh, we'll have uh the show with Ron Naraki at nine o'clock arizona time wealth d n a he's got a good show and then we'll come follow up with another Boom and the babe show at eleven o'clock after that. So have a great weekend everybody uh Enjoy this great weather here in Arizona, and we will also be out at the hole in one contest. Uh, at the Arizona Biltmore for the finals on Sunday. You can join us there. We'll be broadcasting live from that location as well. Thank you very much for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. And the Babe Show where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at BoomerandTheBabe.com. Email us at host at boomerthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started.